Ah, oh, hello everybody and welcome back to another brand new episode of The Casual Criminalist. As always, hello, I'm your host Simon Wyman's here. This script is actually written by David and we can all take a deep breath. Because you know what? No children are going to get murdered in today's episode. Which, uh, as I always say, is not good for views but is good for my sanity. Because, uh, I don't know, there was, um, actually the one I recorded before this, oddly enough, was also not a violent one. But I'm still recovering from the Pedro guy in South America who murdered like 300 people. And arguably was the worst serial killer of all time. If you haven't heard that one yet, and you want to, um, well, <laughs> okay. It was so bad. It was like, I felt bad for the rest of the day. I don't know why I recorded it in the morning. But, I mean, at least by the evening, then I could go home and... I had other things to think about other than just child murderers. Um, anyway, today is about as far away from that as you could possibly imagine because we're talking about, or David has written me, all about the Kim Kardashian heist. If I remember, this was a while ago, like many years ago in Paris, right? Wasn't she and her husband Kanye robbed or they're divorced now? Is that right? I really couldn't care less. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I know it's cool not to care, but also I don't care. Um, it's because I'm so cool. David writes it, I read it, then afterwards Jen, our uh, editor, is going to add in. Well, if you're watching this, this show is... I recently discovered the word simulcast, but I think that might be live. Like, you know, where it's broadcast at two places at once. Well, it goes out on YouTube and also goes out as a podcast, so you can enjoy both of those. Uh, if you're watching, Jen adds the images and all that stuff. And then if you're listening, well, you just get the music, don't you? It's great. Enough waffle. Let's jump in. As a fellow member of the Look At Me generation, I can well understand the double-edged sword of social media. It is the technology that has launched a thousand careers, turned people into millionaires, and forced traditional corporate and entertainment industries to follow suit. Yeah, well, sort of. Like corporate entertainment. It's like sometimes, what was I watching? It's like, it wasn't TV, it was just some, it was something I was like, oh my god. This is, oh, you know what it was? It was, um, god, that TV show about those media people. And I was like, these people are, it's, this is like the past. And, I don't know, it just feels like, the corporate, you know, old school television and stuff, obviously still makes a ton of money. And it's still a huge business. But it does feel like very, I don't know, stayed somehow, doesn't it? Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what I'm saying is they don't follow suit very quickly. And it's like, who's watching adverts? <laughs> like, not YouTube adverts, obviously, thank you so much. But, like, when there's a commercial break on the telly, or you're watching the 9 o'clock news, and you're like, really? <laughs> who's doing that? It's like, literally my parents in their 60s. Social media provides a lovely hit of dopamine when one receives likes on a picture or a comment. It provides smash that like button. It provides an adrenaline hit when pointlessly arguing with stubborn ideologues or emotionally unstable people on Twitter. Oh my god, they exist. <laughs> Especially with this podcast, you get people like, Simon, this upset me. I'm like, okay. Well, you're listening to a true crime podcast, aren't you? It upsets me. (laughs) What are you talking about? If you don't want to be upset and triggered, maybe don't listen to a true crime podcast. (laughs) What are you doing? 
In the past two decades, social media has become the primary way, above all others, that ordinary people act out their deepest fantasies, anxieties, and aggression. And it has even become the way the majority of people find love. For better or worse, we're rapidly becoming a hive mind. Running along the other sharp edge of the social blade, the internet can be quite unhealthy. <laughs> social blade. A little bit of insight here, but there's a website called Social Blade, which uh, basically provides all those youtube analytics so you can like see how well someone's doing you can just search like you can search casual criminalist social blade into google and it'll say like this is how many subscribers simon got over the last few months and this is how many views he's got this is how well he's doing this is how badly he's doing <laughs> so oh, it's all very open and transparent isn't it social blade i mean also and then they're like this is how much money simon makes and it's like between one dollar and a hundred thousand dollars and you're like great social blade that's really a broad range and also just i mean no, that that would be accurate. Like, yeah, I mean, well, it is somewhere. Like, for a show like this, it's between $1 and $100,000, isn't it? <laughs> well done, Social Blade. Sorry, that was a completely pointless tangent. Even dangerous. For starters, it's a massive time sponge. Countless man-hours have been squandered in the trenches of comment sections and discussion threads. According to one estimate in 22, the average person will spend the equivalent of 35 days per year on social media alone. That is... 24 hours per day no sleep over a month of your life so if you like basically include waking hours oh my god that is a long time guys i got rid of facebook i mean i have facebook because i have to because i've got like a simon whistler page and i don't know i'm always like i need to make sure like i need to be able to communicate with people who are talking about me on facebook and it's like yo fact boy people are going to talk about you or talk good about you on facebook there's nothing you can do about it so is it actually pointless is there actually a point to moderating your own page not that i've logged in in six months a year i don't even know but i deleted my old facebook page you know the one that you've had forever because it was like i don't need to know all this stuff and i don't care and i also don't i just want more privacy i think it was it was like the weird thing is the more i do online it's like the more you're like oh I just don't want everyone, you know, to... I don't know. It just... Facebook felt really intrusive at some point. And I also feel like Facebook as a company is, you know, in my opinion, a bit of an ethically corrupt piece of shit. My opinion, allegedly. Um, so I was like, I just had enough of that really let's drop interjecting and let's just try and tell the story because we're supposed to be talking about kim kardashian all we seem to be doing is talking about simon whistler which honestly the world has proven we care about less that is 24 hours a day no sleep over a month of your life gone social media also thrives on division and controversy and has played a role in the unprecedented polarization of human society in the past decade researchers into historical dynamics finds that increased factionalism usually precedes a catastrophic state collapse oh god we're screwed <laughs> finally social media exposes us to the entire world so that malefactors simply by sitting on at the other end of a screen can find us investigate our lives and hurt us in a troubling myriad of ways let's say you were one of those keyboard warriors who wanted to kick it up a notch approximately 40 minutes of research is often enough to set you up with all the information you need for a devilish plot you look at the location tags on your target's instagram yeah turn that shit off <laughs> i remember i went to like uh god what was it? it was one of these like youtube events and they that you check in to the hotel and they're like please just you know here's the thing i think we had to sign something saying like you know you have to turn off like location things on your phone or you can't post about where you are that kind of stuff because they don't want people showing up at the hotel like fanboys and girls and it's like 
within about six hours there's a crowd of people outside the hotel and you're like well of course there is because there's like 200 people here and they're all i mean it's it's just not gonna work someone's gonna share that on instagram because like 90 percent of what the people there do is share things on instagram it was yeah of course turn but that that stuff is just like it's so i don't know it's so intrusive uh, you look at the location tags in your target's Instagram, the basic information left on their public Facebook profile, commentary made on a Twitter account if they have one. You snoop in the profiles of their family and friends to see if any other information that's useful is there. You quickly look at LinkedIn to see if they've listed their place of work. You use a free networking browser app to see if anyone has ever published your target's email or mobile phone number on a career webpage anywhere on the internet. Finally, a surprising number of people have their home addresses listed on municipal search engines, and often they're completely unaware of it. Next thing you know, you're standing in front of your victim's house at a time when you know they're not, when you know they're home alone, carrying zip ties, duct tape, and a gun. Holy sh! <laughs> you are. Boy, that escalated quickly. It's like, wait, it should be the other way around. You're sitting at home and this person is outside. Not you're the perpetrator, Davis. Jesus. Uh, the 21st century is a brave new world, my friends. And it bloody well has to be. Because that world is a scary place. Now imagine that you're rich and famous. You're already used to various forms of harassment online and in public. And you're used to be... And you are used to being stalked. Yeah, I, I've only... Like, obviously, you know doing anything on the internet you get a ton of like people talking about you or whatever which is fine like okay go for it it once happened to me in real life and it was really uncomfortable (laughs) it was like something that i said in a video and some guy was like hey uh and he was like i know your videos from the internet and i'm I'm just having a drink at a pub (laughs) and i'm like okay (laughs) and he's like i didn't like what you said about greece or something and i'm like what i didn't even remember what i said and then he's like "Uh, you know oh and it's not like that and i'm like eventually i'm like look i'm just this isn't very nice. I'm just trying to have a drink with my friends. I'd like to be left alone. <laughs> then he got really apologetic and left. But it was super uncomfortable. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good time. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's it's weird and uncomfortable. And then I left. <laughs> Only one time though, which is nice. Most people are like, Way! You're the guy! Which is nice. But you've got an elite team of security managers and personal assistants around you. <laughs> You're used to staring down from your $60 million mansion at all the wage slaves and peasants below. You should be okay, right? Untouchable, yes? Like a goddess dwelling atop Mount Olympus with your celebrity friends. Well, maybe not, if a huge part of your own income to the tune of millions of dollars a year is highly dependent on your own social media activity and your career of living your life like an open wound. This is the story of Kim Kardashian. It is a cautionary tale about how the internet brings the world closer together, and that includes bringing you closer together with all of the world's thugs, thieves, and psychos. Meet Kim Kardashian. Really, David? We need an introduction to Kim Kardashian? (laughs) I mean, she's arguably, I guess, one of the most famous... She is one of the most famous people in the world. I don't think she's the most famous, because, you know, Tom Cruise exists. Um, Who's a legend? There's a great podcast, which, uh, I mean, look, you're listening to a podcast right now. You should definitely check it out. It's called Meet Tom Cruise. And it's... it's, (laughs) There are guys who host the show even just call it the most vapid podcast that exists. And just because of that, it's such easy listening. You're just like chilling out listening to this show. And the entire premise of the show is it's these two guys who really love Tom Cruise. They're actors, um, not like as famous as Tom Cruise, but you've probably seen them in stuff. And uh, they talk about... They interview people and they talk to people who have worked with Tom Cruise and just all about Tom Cruise. And... Yeah, after that, I, I, what I knew about Tom Cruise, Cruise is I really like his movies. 
Um, but he's like a bit crazy, right? You know, he's into that Scientology stuff and all of this, you know. He's a super famous guy. He's probably a little crazy. But he also seems like a total legend. And if you're not sure about your opinion of Tom Cruise, listen to that show and you'll be like, Tom Cruise, absolute legend. Absolute legend. Kim Kardashian is American hero, feminist icon, and role model for all of the world's youth who blessed the human race by being born on October the 21st, 1980. Easy, David, easy. Her father, Robert Kardashian, an Armenian-American lawyer and businessman who shot to fame and elevated the potential fame of his family by helping to defend O.J. Simpson, who allegedly stabbed his ex-wife and a waiter to death on the 12th of June, 1994. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, because he got off allegedly somehow somehow allegedly <laughs> i mean robert kardashian let's just say really good lawyer if the glove don't fit robert strove hard to defend his friends and unwittingly gave the people of the world the impression that if you're a celebrity murder was now legal in the state of california yeah just the impression just the impression allegedly uh didn't oj write that book i didn't do it but if i did here's how i did it or something <laughs> it's like oh my god my dude but then he went to prison anyway for some other crimes and now he's out and uh, i listened to that h3 podcast and they're always making fun of his twitter and it's like dude aj's being uh, aj oj's being scary again <laughs> kim's mother chris maiden name horton then kardashian now jenna oh my god i'm lost is similarly an american hero role model and intrepid business mogul chris jenner is also an accomplished author and host of a television show that ran for six whole weeks. <laughs> well done. Robert and Chris divorced in 1991, and that same year, Chris married Caitlyn Jenner, an American hero and former Olympic decathlete. Kim's family blossomed to include siblings Courtney, Chloe, and Rob, step siblings, siblings Bert, Brandon, Brody, and Casey, and half sisters Kendall and Kylie. Oh my god, it's a big complicated family. The majority of whom are pillars of society and American heroes in their own right. David, I get the feeling that this is a little bit dripping with sarcasm, isn't it? I mean, uh, it, it should be. Kim Kardashian grew up in the USA's cultural hub and moral compass. <laughs> All right, David, we get it. Los Angeles, where she attended Marymount High School before graduating and embarking on a glorious career. Kim's first run on the ladder to success was a friendship with Paris Hilton. No, Kim's first run to success was coming from a wealthy family with a famous dad. An American hero, heiress, model, business mogul, talented songbird, skilled DJ, and first-rate actress. David, this is good, but my lord. <laughs> Got enough sarcasm adding this to my sarcasm it's just people are going to be turning off because they're like oh lowest form of wit boys lowest form of wit hilton shot to fame in 2003 when her postmodern experimental film one night in paris was leaked without her knowledge or consent onto the internet bewitching millions across the land with the genius of the cinematography and abstract plotline paris hilton was rewarded with a starring role in the reality program the simple life that very same year the show ran from 2003 to 2016 with kim kardashian filling a minor but pivotal role as hilton's stylist really i didn't know that i mean this was shows that were were around when i was a teenager and uh i i mean i never watched the simple life and i don't really know what paris hilton was actually famous for other than being in a sex i mean an experimental film um but i really know nothing about it other than these things vaguely existed on the periphery of my existence kim followed in the footsteps of her colleague paris hilton by working on a small art house film in collaboration with ray j a talented r&b singer and notable snoop dogg as a cousin have <laughs> what ray j's cousin is snoop dogg i don't even know that Shit. all i do know 
is that, you know, those are, I'm not sure if I can, this is an ad read for those headphones, the Raycon headphones. They have the talking points for Raycon headphones and they're always like, don't mention Kim Kardashian. They're like by uh, Ray J is one of the founders of the company or investors in the company or whatever, which I guess is why they're called Raycons, like Ray J. But in the copy, they're like, do not mention Kim Kardashian. <laughs> like, okay. But uh, wait, what do I know Ray J for? Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh my god, I hope they don't listen to this because I won't get any more sponsorship from them. <laughs> in 2007, Miss Kardashian and Mr. J's body of work was unfortunately leaked to the internet completely without the artist's prior knowledge or consent and definitely without the awareness of her mother, Kris Jenner. Kim sued the company Vivid Entertainment, who had released the film as Kim Kardashian's superstar before settling out of court for a mere $5 million and in a stunning and brave display of sex positivity, she allowed Vivid Entertainment to release the film anyway. Sex positivity or being like, well, look, it's out there anyway. People are going to be pirating the shit out of it or finding a way to get access to this because, well, the internet. Um, yeah, and like what? Kim Kardashian basically made a career off this, so, and a lot more than $5 million, tell you that. The quality of the filmmaking enraptured the, <laughs> the attention of American audiences, especially for some reason. Sweaty young men, and as a result, I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen... Maybe I saw the Paris Hilton one when I was a kid. Like a kid. Like a teenager. Because it was... When was that? 2003? So that have been like 16? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Definitely saw that. But I don't think I've seen that Kim Kardashian one. And as a result, Kim Kardashian was justly and deservedly selected for social prominence and public adoration. Head of the more mundane professions of nursing, charity work, and scientific research. Well, I mean, they're definitely more mundane, that's for sure, because Kim Kardashian's life is crazy. In a completely and utterly unrelated event, a few months later in October of 2017, the cultural milestone that was keeping up with the Kardashians, a down-to-earth family documentary series, first shined its heavenly light upon our television screens. This is like the OG family vlog. You guys ever see those family vlogs on YouTube? Like, 99% of those are just like... I feel it's just train wreck exploits children for money. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. It's like, I just feel so, like, I don't know. <laughs> What's the words I'm looking for? Very morally bankrupt. <laughs> but yeah, lots of views. Lots of views. Maybe I'm just jealous. I mean, yes of the views, but no, I would never do that to my poor, poor family. The Sir Landmark series ran for 20 seasons until June 2021. Long last, dirty plebs like you and I got a glimpse into the lives of America's first family and witnessed the depth and breadth of the talent that coursed through its gilded veins. Admittedly, I've only watched half an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians at 6 in the morning while nursing a hangover in a New Orleans hotel room. <laughs> David, your life. Who was it the other? I was talking about George the other day. And he's like talking about how he moved to Hong Kong and he's been on the wrong side of an AK-47. Like, George, what is your life? David, what is your life? I feel like my life is sometimes quite interesting. Like, I don't feel my life is that boring. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it is. But I'm just like, everyone else. It's like, I got that FOMO, man. I got to be on the wrong ends of an AK-47. I got to wake up with a hangover in New Orleans and watch Keeping Up With The Kardashians. And David, all straight, I think, Wait, is David Canadian and then he lives in Australia? I think that's right. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, David. I'm sure we talked about this in our early emails, but I've forgotten. Um, but look, a life of international travel. 
and hangovers. Sounds kind of fun. I mean, hangovers aren't that fun. But I conducted a complex uh, qualitative survey using a sample of 10 people and 100% of the respondents unanimously agreed that if I stopped making them watch the show, let them out of the basement and promise not to kill any of them, (laughs) not to tell the police. (laughs) David! Such is the cultural tour de force of keeping up with the Kardashians that it brings people of diverse backgrounds together. History will never be the same. I get the feeling that David's leaning into the... Because I read the comments and sometimes people are like, David, that sounded really serial killery. <laughs> and I know David reads the comments below uh, as well. And I think he's just like leaning into it a little bit. I mean, I hope. Or David's a serial killer and... Well, can he write his own casual criminalist about himself? That's going to be weird. That's going to be weird. Let me call him David a psycho. <laughs> From there, Kim's career went from strength to strength. She utilized her skills as a thespian in several award-winning films and multiple guest spots on television shows. She landed multiple endorsement deals for which she collected a modest and well-deserved fee. She charmed the world with her dulcet tones and musical genius with the song Jam Bracket, Turn It Up, Close Bracket. What the f***? I've never heard of this. (laughs) In which her future husband, Kanye West, made a cameo. In 2010, just three years after the release of her art house film with Lord Ray J, Lord Ray of House J, she was immortalized at Madame Tussauds with the waxwork of herself alongside such luminaries as Albert Einstein, Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill, and Spider-Man. Ah, what did those guys ever do? In 2013, she broke the internet, backing off the public's predictable obsession with the size of her gluteal muscles, attracting 15.6 million hits to a website in a single day that usually only has traffic of 25,000. I don't remember this. Kim is the founder of a multi-million dollar fashion company that collaborates with the world's top-end brands. She landed on the cover of Forbes magazine after she launched a mobile app that made $160 million. Oh my god. Additionally, she has flooded society with a legion of franchises collectively worth hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that have tickled and entranced many a human nostril and possibly dulled the withdrawal system of many a dumpster-diving alleyway alcoholic. At the time of writing... Kim Kardashian has accrued 275 million followers on Instagram, and it's reported that she charges up to $800,000 per sponsored post. Oh my god. This is just, I realize that this is just me going to be sounding jealous, because it's like those numbers are just insane. Just like, I'm often like, yeah, I mean, I I feel like when I have a sponsorship, I'm going to get paid fairly handsomely for that. But it ain't $800,000, I'll tell you that much. In 2019, an in-depth statistical analysis of those millions of followers and correlating analysis of the accounts they followed in turn showed that only an estimated 31% of them, or 85 million people today, had a high likelihood of using Instagram for soft-core pornography rather than celebrity gossip or fashion tips. This is honestly impressive when you consider the same analysis revealed that the estimated average number of followers utilizing Instagram for softcore pornography for most sponsored model posts is closer to 60%. Really? No, I'm, I mean, yeah. I don't really use Insta. I do have an Instagram account. I have no idea how many people follow me. The last time I posted there was probably three years ago when I was like, I should do Instagram. And then very quickly grew bored of it because I said, like, what am I going to be Instagramming? I just go to work every day and then I go home and spend time with my family. I lead a very normal life other than being an internet fact boy. And being an internet fact boy, I'm just recording videos and sitting at a computer. That's what my life is. It's not interesting. It's not glamorous. Um, Yeah, it's really not. (laughs) Okay. I'm quite happy with that, though, to be honest. I'm I'm not a very glamorous person, I guess. No, I'm not kidding. But I'm sure all those brand advertisers feel like they're getting their money's worth. Through all of these ventures and more, Kim Kardashian is estimated today to be worth over a billion dollars. 
the overwhelming majority of which being accrued in the last 15 years since she burst onto the world stage in 2007, and to think it all started with a simple arthouse film with Ray J. Ah, this video brought to you by Raycon. Although it's not, it's not, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> It'd be funny if this video is actually brought to you by Raycon. <laughs> ah. Jen, please let me know if the because the ads get put in later. Jen, if this is if this does have a Raycon advert, please tell me <laughs> so we cannot do that. Although Kim Kardashian has faced stiff criticism from all corners over the years, it must be remembered that something innate in our society and our collective psyche meant that we elevated her to prominence in the first place. She may not be the cultural icon we need, but she is the one we deserve. Yeah, we 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 deserve Kim Kardashian. Take that however you want we deserve her. I'm taking it in a negative way. You can take it in a positive way if you want to. Laying the obligatory piss take of Kim Kardashian aside at last, David, it's been like three bloody pages of it. I will point out that she was instrumental in convincing the US government to recognize the Armenian genocide over a century after it happened. About bloody time, by the way. <laughs> Made a video about that. I didn't really know much about it before and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How do we not all agree other than the people obviously, for obvious reasons, America, I mean, come on. It's clearly, well, I don't know what the UK's government position on it, but it seems like it's a bit weird not recognizing that, isn't it? Probably should. Probably should. Probably happens. I mean, probably did. Did. Uh, she has advocated for prison reform and the commutation of life sentences for first-time drug offenses, both of which she actually helped get done. Yes, I know this about her, and I think it's fantastic and noble work. No sarcasm intended. People away in prison for life on like that st even like not first time but where it's like they do the three strikes of small crimes and it's like what did you do i had some I had some pot on me and now i'm in prison for life it's like what the f is going on america get together why does kim kardashian have to be the one to sort this out she shouldn't have to do this it should be the justice system getting it shit together not us relying on kim kardashian that makes no sense but good for her and most recently, she helped rescue Afghan female soccer players after the Taliban takeover of their country. I didn't know that, but good for you. I don't know how she did that. She sent a plane or something? Unlike many of the super rich, who seem only to write a few checks and shower the public with a few key platitudes via a spokesperson or a carefully manicured public relations video, Kim Kardashian seems to be highly effective when she puts her mind to championing a specific cause. She is, after all, a skilled veteran at wielding public influence. Yeah, this is the thing. Kim Kardashian's by far most valuable thing is not a checkbook. Even though she's worth a billion dollars, she can make a real dent. It's not her money. It's her influence that is the most valuable thing to, to, to changing things and helping people. Like Because when we... Even Bill and Melinda Gates, which is an absolutely huge foundation, all of this, all of the private donations and private giving is just absolutely dwarfed by governmental aid. Like aid from uh, like governments, UN, all of this stuff is just vast. And it's like the best, but no one cares what the UN says because it's boring and political, um, other than people who have to because of like laws and shit. But like, no one, if the UN humanitarian agency for food are like, please donate money to Sudan, you're like, okay, I guess. But if Kim Kardashian is like, yo, Sudan, mm -hmm, they need some money for food, that will make a difference, which is uh, fascinating. And regardless of what you think of the phenomenon of being famous for being famous and what it says about her or the society that enables such behavior, no human being deserves to endure the trauma she went through one dark night in Paris on October the 2nd, 2016. Now, just before we continue with today's video, let me thank today's sponsors. First up, Bombas. Bombas's mission is simple, to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone 
who's in need. Bombas have designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes that you can't wait to put on every day. And that's important, because if you don't want to put on your clothes, then you'll be like, nah, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna stick with this gown the whole day, but when your clothes are more comfortable than your gown, I don't know, I'm not really getting anything done until I get dressed in the morning, and if you're looking forward to it, that's a good thing. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. I don't know, I'm often removing tags from clothes. It's nice that they don't put those in there, because then you rip them out and you're like, I tore it a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> like an idiot. Convenient! There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keeps you moving. Also, their underwear feels like it's barely there and they've got something called second skin support that makes you forget that you're wearing any underwear at all in a good way. Not in a way you're like, oh my god, did I forget to wear underwear? You're like, no, 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 it's just comfortable. It's just all good down there. And so far, Bombas customers have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Wow, that says that's a lot of clothes given away. <laughs> and that's a lot of business. That's a win-win. So, go to Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash casual and get 20% off any purchase. Again, Bombas dot com, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash casual for 20% off. Bombas dot com slash casual. Next up, big thank you to today's second sponsor, Shopify. What is Shopify? I am absolutely just realizing this now. This is... I realize I have a product that I sell called Beard Blaze. And the guy that I run that with, granted, he does all of the, the, the businessy side of things. I just promote the product. But he did this. And I'm like, so what do you use as like a store? And he's like, I use Shopify. I'm not even joking. I'm literally just remembering this now. And he's like, it's just the best. It's just the easiest way. He's he's actually like in another life, a computer programmer. And he's still like, yeah, I'll use Shopify. And he's got loads of web stores. And I'm like, all right, that's it. I, I've got some things I have to talk about. But I just realized that that is a fairly solid recommendation for Shopify. If you're not sure, it allows you to make a store on the internet, obviously. What do I have to say? Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. Upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay effortlessly. I hate that word, but you know what I mean. Stay informed. I didn't even know they did in-person sales. The bid stop doesn't do that at all. Um, but uh, I mean, just because we're a web thing, but it's nice to know you can and you can synchronize it. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. It sure is. Uh, and then they say, oh, OK, now here's where I talk about my own personal experience. Um, I, I already talked about that, so I think we're good there. I can't believe I just realized this going into this read, which is uh, which is cool. Uh, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. That sounds good, doesn't it? That's a nice that's a nice line of copy. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. We read that already. We're all good. Look, Shopify's great. It grows. It's a place to set up a store. Then it can grow to be as big as you want that store to be scalable that's important then you're not because if you start off with some small one you're like oh no now we're really successful what are we gonna do we have to get a new provider and it's gonna be a nightmare not with shopify go to shopify.com casual uh, all lowercase okay for a free 14-day trial and get access to shopify's entire suite of features so you can try out see if you like it grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com casual right now shopify.com casual Thank you, Shopify, for sponsoring. And now back to today's episode. 
a very preventable heist. Kim Kardashian was attending Paris Fashion Week with her mother Chris, sisters Courtney and Kendall, and her personal staff. Her then-husband, Kanye West, who she had married in 2014, was back in the United States performing for packed audiences. Kim was staying at the Hotel de Portales, a luxurious 19th century townhouse slash mansion in one of the fanciest districts of Paris, not far from the Champs-Élysées and the Arc de Triomphe. The old building was separated into different apartments, which people can rent long or short term for stays at roughly one thousand two hundred to two thousand US dollars a night, which is expensive. But I kind of expected, like, I don't know, <laughs> hotel rooms definitely get a whole lot more expensive than that. And I was like, if it was like twenty thousand a night, I'd be like, geez, okay. But one thousand to one thousand two hundred, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pricey hotel, isn't it? It's not like, oh my god. <laughs> The kind of numbers that you expect to be blown out of the water with with these people. In the uh, previous days, Kim had been on Instagram showing off her 20-carat Lorraine Schwartz emerald-cut diamond ring that Kanye had bought for her in 2016 as an upgrade to her 2013-15-carat oval-cut diamond engagement ring. <laughs> he upgraded a 15-carat ring. It's like my poor wife. <laughs> and I quite like the ring she has. But uh, 15 carats is just ostentatious, though. The new and improved piece of jewelry has a massive diamond about the size of a Jolly Rancher lozenge. The ring's value is estimated to be around $4.5 million. The ring was just one uh, such expensive piece of jewelry that Kim had been showing off on Instagram, and previously Kim had boasted that when she goes out, she does not wear fake jewelry. Unfortunately for Kim Kardashian, someone in Paris was following all these posts with rapt attention. Yeah, even if you are going out with real jewelry, say that it's fake. Although that kind of takes away the, the and if you are wearing fake jewelry, don't say it's real, because you're still going to get yourself in trouble, aren't you? Possibly more trouble when they realise it's fake. But uh, maybe just show off less. <laughs> but that wouldn't work because famous for being famous, you know, you got to show off, fake it to your mate. Well, she's already made it, but you know, Instagram guys, Instagram. <laughs> it's like people go to the airport and take pictures of themselves in front of private jets that they're not flying on. It's like okay, guys. <sighs> All right. In what would later be described as an internet giveaway prize, Kim Kardashian had advertised to the world the valuables she was carrying with her in a foreign country while she had reduced security. Furthermore, the socialite's posts were so thorough and frequent that one simply needed to follow her accounts in order to figure out when she arrived in France, where she was at any particular time, and where she was likely to be staying. While one could criticize Kim Kardashian for being careless, especially as the woman who famously wore reflective sunglasses while playing poker. <laughs> No. There are countless other Instagram users who are equally, if not more, indiscreet. Yes, but not all of them were walking around with 17, 18 carat diamonds, 20 carat diamonds on their fingers. If you're motivated by a throbbing need for constant attention and validation, you're likely to let your standard slip regarding your own privacy and safety. Amid the popularity contest, many people lose sight of this to a dangerous degree. Yes, they do. Keep it in sight. To put this in perspective, let's say you have 20,000 followers on Instagram, a number which otherwise uh, unknown Instagram models can accrue with just a few months of regular activity. Simon, to my knowledge, isn't a model. And I believe your current numbers, oh, here we go, stand at 18,000. So it's got, I can't, I have, I, I, I had no idea. Um, it's been a while, though. <laughs> I don't know why people follow me on there. I literally don't post anything. Proportionate to the general population of that, 20,000, an estimated 200 to 1,000 of them are diagnosable as psychopaths. So, either to a minor or major degree, depending on where in the world the majority of your followers are from, between one and seven of them will be murderers. 
That's not possible. <laughs> also, depending on where in the world they are, between 20 and 300 of them will have actively participated in a robbery or a theft at some point in their lives. Oh, I'm sorry, between one and seven of them. Not one in seven will be murderers. One in seven. Oh my god, that's insane. And that's just my, like, 18,000. Ah! So 20 to 300 of them will actually participate in a robbery or theft at some point in their lives? There's a big difference between robbery and theft. Like, theft is like shoplifting. It's like, okay. Well, yeah, I'd be surprised if it wasn't more. But, like, robbery? That's way more intense crime. Uh, and between 20 and 500 of them will be suffering from a severe mental illness of some kind. Scale that up to Kim Kardashian's 275 million followers, and between 2.5 and 14 million will be diagnosable psychopaths. 15 to 90,000 will be possible murderers. 2.2 to 7 million of them will have severe mental illness, and between 200,000 and 4 million of them may have participated in some sort of thievery, burglary, or robbery at some point in their lives. While taking population statistics and simple planting and simply planting them onto Instagram stats is imperfect, these are the sorts of people that you risk inviting into your life whenever you post something personal on the internet. Yes, which is why I don't post anything personal on Instagram. Or really at all. I'm pretty because of this, and I'm not that famous. I'm not really famous. And I'm still like, let's not post stuff about my personal life too much on the internet. Because, I don't know, look, you listening, hello friend, you're not weird. But, but there are people who are weird. Who accost you in pubs. It's just like, I don't want that scaled up. I want to be left alone. Not, uh, not, I don't want to be left alone. Look, I like being, it's nice when someone recognizes you and says, hey, fact boy. You're like, okay, cool. It makes me feel like I'm making a dent. But uh, I don't want to be accosted and I don't want to know your opinion about a video I made about Greece that I don't remember or care about. Or most importantly, that I didn't write. <laughs> The previous week, on September 28th, 2016, Kim Kardashian was approached on a Paris street by a man named Vitaly Sadiuk, a notorious prankster who had previously made a spectacle of himself doing demented things to celebs like Bradley Cooper and Will Smith. On this day, Sadiuk's stroke of genius was to try and kiss Kim Kardashian's ass. Because, you know, sexual assault is alright when it's for the memes. The man, who I'm going to go out on a limb and label an utter pathetic loser, allegedly, was immediately tackled to the ground by Kardashian's bodyguard, Pascal Duvier. Owner of his own private security firm, Duvier was a hulking six foot four beer moth, rippling with over 300 pounds or 140 kilograms of muscles. <laughs> that guy literally weighs twice as much as me. Who was protecting all of the Kardashian Jenner clan during their trip. On October the 2nd, 2016, Kim Kardashian was attending the runway show for Givenchy. Givenchy? 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 Shows how little I care about fashion that I don't know how to pronounce that. I know of it, I've seen it, I've just never read it aloud. Who cares? When she, where she is close friends with the creative director Ricardo Tisky, and where her sister Kendall was walking the catwalk as a model. After the show ended, Kim spent a few hours socializing with other celebrities and holding court for her fawning French subjects. Thereafter, Kim was transported back to the hotel to Portales with her sister Courtney and personal assistant Stephanie Shepard. Courtney and Stephanie changed their clothes to go out for the night, where they would join model Kendall at a nightclub on the Champs Elysees. There, they intended to party until the early hours of the morning. Kim declined to go out with them and spent the late evening working on her computer. Meanwhile, Kim's mother, Chris, was staying at a completely different hotel. Prioritizing which clients would be most at risk, bodyguard Pascal Duvier accompanied Courtney, Stephanie, and Kendall to the nightclub. Kim Kardashian, meanwhile, was left completely alone in her luxurious suite. I'm with Kim Kardashian on this one. Look, I don't know. It's been a very long time since I've gone to a nightclub because now I'm married and have kids. And it's like, I just have no desire to go to a nightclub and listen to music where I have to shout at people. I just don't like that. It's just not fun. 
I don't, I don't understand the appeal. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, no, I'm definitely staying at home. And also, I'm going to go to bed at about 10. <laughs> I am an old man. Uh, outside of the hotel, a black car drove slowly around the block at 2.34 a.m. and again 11 minutes later. The driver of the car was clearly watching and waiting for something. Meanwhile, at approximately 2.48 a.m., five individuals, rather badly disguised in cheap Halloween store police costumes, some of them hiding their faces with masks or ski goggles, stormed into the lobby of the building. There, the five men held the hotel concierge at gunpoint. After threatening the man, two of the intruders took the concierge to the suite where Kim Kardashian was staying. Kim Kardashian heard footsteps outside of the suite and shouted, Who's there? She got no answer. A few minutes later, two armed men in police uniforms burst through the door along with the concierge, whom Kim did not recognize and who was bound with plastic zip ties. The two men grabbed, dragged Kim out of the bedroom into a hallway within her large apartment. One of the men moved past her and proceeded to ransack her bedroom looking for valuables. The other man stayed with Kim, his face obscured by ski goggles. He demanded money. Kim told him honestly that she wasn't carrying any money. Then in the thick French accent, the man shouted, Ring! 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 at a terrified Kim. Alas! He was not trying to amuse her with his best impression of a telephone. After initially trying to deny that she knew where the Lorraine Schwartz diamond was, the intruder pulled out a gun and held it to her head. At this point, Kim thought, I have a split second in my mind to make a quick decision. Am I going to run down the stars and be shot in the back? It makes me so upset to think about. Either they're going to shoot me in the back, or if I make it down the stairs, if the elevator does not open in time or the fire escape is locked, then I'm fucked. There's no way out. Kim, what are you thinking? You are extremely wealthy, and I understand that the ring is worth a few million dollars. But let them have it. You've probably got insurance anyway. Just let them have it, for God's sake. What are you up to? Just let them have everything. Kim began begging for her life. The men did not speak very good English, so she looked to the concierge, who presumably... Uh, who she presumed to also be a prisoner and tried to get him to translate for her. She said that she did not want to die, that she had children at home, and to take whatever they wanted and go. Good, okay, so where's the give them the ring? Under threat of death, Kim retrieved her $4.5 million ring from the bedside table, and the man in the goggles took it. The men also found a jewelry box containing Cartier diamond bracelets, a golden diamond Jacob necklace, Lorraine Schwartz diamond earrings, a gold Rolex, and assorted other items. The thieves also stole two mobile phones. <laughs> okay, that seems like a bad idea, because mobile phones can be tracked and all of the other could just be sold on the black market all their take was worth to be an estimated 10.8 million dollars good lord you're traveling with some expensive items the men pushed kim down onto the bed and began binding her wrists with plastic cables and her hands with duct tape they wrapped a piece of tape over her mouth as a gag and also used tape to bind her legs at this point clothed in nothing but bathrobe kim began to worry that she might become a victim of sexual assault she was picked up and taken to the bathroom where she was thrown in the tub all the while one of the two men kept shushing her trying to calm her down repeatedly saying it'll be okay it'll be okay after a moment of indecision the assailants again picked up kim took her out of the bathtub and went into the bedroom and threw her on the bed thereafter the men fled the building upon exiting they came face to face with a passing police patrol making a wild gambit one of the thieves gave the real-life gendarmes a cheeky salute and the patrol carried on on its way some of the thieves departed the scene on bicycles which they had left at a lockup nearby wouldn't want anyone to steal them now would they Others legged down the street on foot, still others hopped in a black car that had been circling the hotel for the past half hour. In their haste to leave the scene, the robbers accidentally dropped a platinum and dialing crucifix worth approximately $33,000. Which is a tiny part of a haul worth $10.8 million, so I guess they didn't mind. The rest of the jewelry was never recovered from entry to exit. The entire robbery took somewhere between 7 and 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Kim Kardashian managed to free herself from the tape and the poorly tied plastic cuffs that bound her hands. Just at this point, I realize I don't know if this case has been solved. I guess the jewelry's never recovered, but that doesn't mean the crooks, uh, the thieves weren't caught. They could still absolutely be caught and be in prison 
just uh i mean that stuff's just melted down or broken up the diamonds like re uh cut and stuff so quickly uh just fenced i think that's the word so uh that's not getting recovered but maybe the crooks get caught i don't actually remember i get the feeling the answer is no i don't think they have been caught but we'll see she clawed the gag off of her mouth and began screaming for help. She was heard by her friend and stylist Simone Haush, who had locked herself in the bathroom when all the commotion started. Kim managed to free her legs from the duct tape, and at approximately 2.56 a.m., with the straps of the tape still hanging off her legs, Kim stumbled out into the balcony, still calling for help and phoning her bodyguard Pascal Duvier, who was at the nightclub none the wiser. Not being far away, he arrived within minutes. Other hotel guests burst into the room to help Kim, and shortly thereafter the police arrived. Kim sat wrapped in a blanket while chaos unfolded all around her. Kim went down to the station at 4.30am to fill out a victim report. The next day, police seized and began reviewing the security camera footage of the incident. The thieves had left behind numerous zip ties and scraps, uh, and scraps of tape which were processed and checked for DNA and fingerprints. The entire sweep became a crime scene, with forensic professionals trying to find evidence left by the perpetrators. If these guys are planning basically to steal $11 million worth of stuff, and they've been planning this and you know spying on her on social media and then they leave fingerprints and dna if it's not just like the tiniest hair found somewhere i'm gonna be really disappointed in them in them obviously it'd be nice if they did because then they get caught meanwhile kim's then husband kanye west was performing at the meadows music festival in new york he was in the middle of a set and a stagehand ran up to him saying you need to come with me at first kanye didn't understand and he said he couldn't possibly leave in the middle of a concert slowly it dawned on him exactly what the stagehand was telling him he quickly said into the mic i'm sorry there's a family emergency i have to stop the show and abruptly ended the concert in front of a stunned crowd yeah that's one of those things that is never nice to get you know like it's a that unexpected phone call like why is this person calling me oh, it's probably some serious news this kind of stuff like uh, you don't you don't like that <laughs> it's like interrupting him in the middle of a concert this isn't gonna be good news is it it's not good news <laughs> something's gone wrong ah the second he got off stage he was on the phone to his wife kim left paris a few hours after the incident and fled to new jersey where she was escorted from the airport by two suvs chock full of burly looking security staff kim kardashian spent a few weeks in isolation recovering from the trauma of the incident tea and sympathy hollywood style in credit to the production crew of keeping up with the kardashians they did not immediately swoop in like vultures hoping to exploit real life trauma for viewing figures as you might expect a jd would jaded hollywood reality show to do or any like any of these vloggers it'd be like all caps we were robbed <laughs> or uh we were assaulted we were almost kidnapped we were murdered just for the clickbait you know and it will just be <laughs> youtube is the worst i hate it sometimes they told kim kardashian that they were putting filming of the show on indefinite hiatus and said that she should take all the time she needed to recover from what had happened kim took quite a few quite a few days jumpy and on edge being comforted by friends and family production of the show only resumed on october the 26th when kim herself said that she was ready to start working again naturally the story of the robbery caused a storm in the media a number of entertainment and gossip columns at least made the attempt to express genuine sympathy amid recounting every grisly detail of which they were aware but these magazines and websites are never really good at sounding sincere i mean uh, yeah i guess well it's like no one wants anyone to have to go through that i guess although then again it's like really for these like magazine oh god and here we are making a video about it so it is good for clicks i'm like yeah yeah yeah. these magazines they just want to get clicks and then here i am making a video about this whole thing but obviously i think any writer no matter how much you're like a 
morally corrupt, like, like, I always think of paparazzis as being, like, kind of pieces of shit, right? Like, just trying to capture people in their worst moments. I think unless you're really, like, broken, you're not like, oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good to see. You're like, oh, that's unfortunate. Now let's write an article about it. You're not like, yeah. Are you? I don't know. I guess some people are. That's a bit sad. <laughs> and I, I do realize the irony of this. A number of other media outlets and social commenters immediately started cracking jokes about what had happened. Still more commentators expressed disgust that anyone should have a ring worth $4.5 million. All right, chill out. She should have had a ring worth $4.5 million. She deserved to have it stolen. In that situation, like, check yourself and try and work out who the piece of shit is. Because it's not her. It's not her. And there's only one other person. It's you. And started doing the math on how many families that money could feed. Oh, this is like the f***ing space arguments. It's like, they shouldn't be spending this much money blasting people into space. They should be spending that on feeding the poor. And it's like, is your understanding of finance so limited? It's ridiculous. Finally, a surprising number of social comments. I mean, obviously, I get how it's good for a click and for, like, uh, what's it called? It's like virtue signaling. Oh, money should be spent on this. It's like, yeah, but if you think about it for more than half a second, even with your tiny brain, you can figure out how it works. Finally, a surprising number of social commentators expressed disappointment and sadness that Kim Kardashian had not been killed during the robbery. Wow, people are pieces of shit, aren't they? You go, I mean, like, look, we just spent the first 10 minutes of this video making fun of Kim Kardashian. Fine. I don't want her dead. Christ. It got worse. Of course it did. On October the 10th, a video of Kim Kardashian that was taken a few minutes after police arrived following the robbery was leaked to the press. In the video, Kim can be seen wrapped in a blanket talking on a mobile phone. Given that the thieves had stolen Kim's phone that night, paparazzi began speculating that the entire robbery had been a hoax. References were made in the press of this just being another Ryan Lochte situation. Lochte was a professional swimmer who had recently been caught drunk pissing in a pool in Brazil and was confronted by local security guards. In order to cover the indiscretion, Lochte said that his friends had been robbed by thieves posing as police and then filed a false police report. <laughs> Dude. It's not like you're a politician. You're an athlete. We don't expect you to have, like, the best behavior all the time. If you got drunk and took a leak in a pool, okay. <laughs> it's okay. No one minds. Filing a false police report to get out of it is worse. I guess you hope you don't get caught. Look, I mean, I don't expect people to... I, I, should, I don't feel like I should be held to the highest morals. If I got drunk and was pissing in a pool and someone took a photo of me, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, got, I was just really drunk and I pissed in a pool. <laughs> People are going to swim in that pool. I know. Obviously, if I was sober, I wouldn't be such a dickhead, would I? Uh. <laughs> I'd think it through for a second, but I was drunk. And they'd be like, so don't get drunk. I'll get drunk if I want to. <laughs> oh, I probably wouldn't be filing a false police report. The press were also suspicious because they thought the Kardashians had form for elaborate and manipulative hoaxes. Many of them had speculated that Kim Kardashian's entire marriage to second husband Chris Humphreys, a player in the NBA, was nothing more than a publicity stunt. Indeed, the two had been dating since October 2010, got engaged in May 2011, married in August, and the Kardashians made a substantial amount of money in publicity and merchandise from the nuptials <laughs> merchandise i love the old wedding merchandise i love that that's a thing after the wedding special aired in october 2011 kim kardashian filed for divorce on the 31st citing irreconcilable differences the two had only been married for 72 days so strong was the public belief that the kardashians had fabricated the entire thing that there was why there were widespread calls to boycott the family how'd that go guys 
As a slightly embarrassing person on the side, which will be nonetheless helpful, I can top that. I once met a girl in August of a certain year, and after a whirlwind romance, we were engaged in November and broken up by March. A total of seven months. So it's not inconceivable that passionate humanity, human irrationality, could be the simple explanation for a romance that lasted a year. Well, at least you didn't get married, David, because, I mean, that's got to be... I guess you could get, like, annulments and stuff. Is that a thing? I only know about that because of friends. But, uh... I assume that's the thing in real life. But if you get married, that's going to get real complicated real fast. Because you're like, oh, well, there's like legal things. There's like divorce. There's like assets to divide. <laughs> I don't know. This is, that's going to make things complicated. Nevertheless, here was this suspicious video taken after the robbery. Certain journalists that David has put in four inverted quotes. Journalists. Um, which I shall place in several quotation marks, speculated that Kim Kardashian still had her phone despite claiming it was stolen. Or, look, when she was robbed, didn't a bunch of people come into the guests of the hotel, come into the room afterwards to see what was going on and help her? And one of those people was like, I'm going to use this moment to exploit this situation and make a video and sell it to the press. Or maybe it was some of the start. Look, if you're staying in a hotel where you're paying like a grand a night, you're probably not, you know, <laughs> looking to film a video of Kim Kardashian and sell it to the press. Maybe if you work in the hotel, you could be. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> people will be like, Simon, don't assume that you stop being classist. Doesn't mean the people who work at the hotel are less likely, are more likely to do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but hang on. They have less money. So of course they're more likely to do it. What are you talking about? I know I'm making up an argument, but I feel like that's the sort of thing people say sometimes. And I'm like, stop being stupid. That's not how it works. And I'm not saying that the rich people are better people because they're not making the video they just don't need to to sell it i'm sure if they didn't have money that they'd also they could also make a video it's just that they have more money so they don't need to all right i'm arguing with myself aren't i from probably someone who doesn't even exist because no one's that stupid they also said that she was too calm according to these same journalists uh, kim showed no markings of being restrained by plastic cups or duff, duct tape they also did not see any damage to the door leading into the suite nor any damage within the suite itself all right guys well, you're journalists, barely, and you're not the police, are you? And you're just looking at some grainy footage from a mobile phone from five years ago. All told, several press outlets, six years ago now, all told several press outlets, most notably Media Takeout and Radar Online, alleged that Kim Kardashian had faked the robbery and violent assault. I hope you have a lawsuit in your close future. I mean, at the time, from Kim Kardashian. Uh, her dad's a really good lawyer. <laughs> Watch out! Uh, and had filed false police reports and a false insurance claim on the jewelry that was stolen. Several. She doesn't need to file a false pl police report. She's incredibly rich. She's married to Kanye West. She doesn't need to file a false insurance claim for $11 million and risk, like, going to prison for fraud or some shit. It's just not worth it. Several media commentators also speculated that in addition to being a publicity stunt, that they heard rumors that Kanye West was having money troubles and the fraudulent insurance claim was a way of bailing him out of bankruptcy. Some journalists also circulated the lie that the French police often suspected that Kim had initially let the robbers inside. I include the following quotation from Radar Online to give you an idea of the tone of the investigative journalism. Quote, Radar gave the video to security experts who think something smells rotten and know they're not catching whiffs of chemicals in Kim's plastic ass boiling from the heat trapped in her Spanx. Classy radar, really classy there. Well done. Not. A former member of the LA Police Department and also a former agent in the FBI, who were both given a nice fat paycheck to comment in the article, said that Kim Kardashian should have appeared much more hysterical in the video. Nervous. Ill at ease. She should be shaking, one of the so called experts said. That is such bullshit. Some people just don't react. 
to to situate they're, they're just calm they're just like they can handle it not everyone reacts in the same way and stop expecting people to and how about this stop accepting big paychecks from companies that want you to say specific things and then you say them it's kind of morally bankrupt isn't it they also pointed out that none of the mirrors in the apartment were smashed as if that was one of the first thing that thieves do in a robbery <laughs> okay what the fuck are you talking about the experts also pointed out that the robbers did not steal an expensive flat screen tv <laughs> Are you smoking crack? Like they're stealing jewelry. They dropped a crucifix with worth $33,000. There's no flat screen TV. I mean, there probably is, but it's going to be the size of a house that costs $33,000. And also, that's a big ass thing to be carrying out of a hotel rather than a $4.5 million watch that you could fit in your back pocket. A watch uh, ring, sorry. Uh, and carry it with them on their bicycles as they fled the scene. Yeah, they were in bikes, for God's sake. The experts also said it was highly suspicious that Kim's bodyguard was not in the apartment on the night in question, and they even speculated that they thought that Kim's personal assistant was wearing a lapel mic. As far as these meteorites were concerned, all of this amounted to a hoax, and, well, Illuminati confirmed. Forgive me for saying this, Simon, and let me know if this sounds too harsh, but there's a certain class of entertainment journalists that are nothing more than excellent candidates for euthanasia. Holy sh david no i mean they are bad they are very bad but let's not kill them david leaning into that serial killer vibe still in october mere days after the robbery kardashian's team contacted three media outlets and demanded a retraction of the articles in question and a public apology boys you better do that otherwise the next thing is going to be really expensive for you i've had a few dc no one's made me publicly apologize or like asked me to publicly apologize but uh, i've there's one thing that we got really wrong just completely by accident and i felt bad about it and we obviously changed it as soon as we got a very long cease and desist from uh, that person's lawyers speculation begin in the comments below <laughs> when these media outlets did not respond kim kardashian sicked lawyers marty singer and andrew brettler on them filing heavy-hitting lawsuits excellent and a gag order to get the leaked video removed since it was part of an active police investigation Andrew Brettler, one of the lawyers, said after having been the victim of a horrific and trauma traumatic armed robbery in France, Kim Kardashian returns to the United States only to again be victimized, but this time by online gossip tabloids that published a series of articles in early October 2016 referring to her as a liar and a thief. By October the 13th, French police had reported finding DNA at the crime scene, and the several outlets touting, touting the hoax conspiracy started to backpedal hard the very next day as they should radar online issued a statement saying that the video accompanying the article was removed because of a legal threat from kim kardashian and the article revised accordingly but they added quote we do not believe however that either the video or the article accused miss kardashian of faking the paris robbery as her attorneys have claimed which and which we did not intend rather they raise legitimate questions about the events at issue they are also people who wrote whiffs of her boiling plastic ass <laughs> radar online do you still exist <laughs> i mean i hope not but i bet you do you sound like you sound like a right piece of crap oh god it does oh, oh yeah look it's just celebrity trash allegedly in my opinion christ I feel like I've got eye cancer from reading this, look, even looking at this website. Let's put that away. Meanwhile, in a CNN interview, media takeout founder Fred, good lord, that's a name, Mwanga Uhunga, acknowledged that the stories they'd written were both untrue and harmful. Part of Media Takeout's public apology stated, No one deserves to go through such a dramatic experience. Kim is not just a celebrity, she's a person, a wife, and a mother who in no way deserved what happened to her. Well, good for you, Media Takeout. I mean, I'm sure you were 
you know, allegedly legally obliged to do that because <laughs> lawyers be scary. But uh, yeah, yeah, you, 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 good, good. That's the right thing to do. I mean, to bend to, yeah. Good. On October the 25th, 2016, after most media outlets pushing the hoax story it back down, Kim Kardashian dropped her lawsuits against them, considering the matter resolved. Far from putting the issue to bed, the fact that Kim Kardashian did not continue to pursue legal action against these tabloid websites led a large number of online commentators to speculate that this confirmed Kim Kardashian's traumatic experience was nothing more than a hoax. Or she just got what she wanted and she didn't want to continue suing them because they did what she wanted. A mere 23 days on from a horrific experience that would haunt pretty much any of us for years, and a good chunk of the world was still sneering and calling a victim of armed robbery a liar. The hoax story would ultimately not be put to bed until early 2017, when French police made several breakthroughs in the case. Meanwhile, in November, the Kardashian family fired bodyguard Pascal Duvier. Later, the insurance company that had issued the jewels were that insured the jewels were stolen, sued Pascal Duvier and his security firm for failing to protect Kim Kardashian. They sued for the millions they had to pay out in the insurance claim. Two years later, Duvier settled out of court, vowing to pay $6.1 million in damages. This seems a little bit unfair. Unless he just went to that nightclub to party when he was supposed to be guarding her. But maybe he went to the party to guard the others. That seems very, I don't know, obviously just not enough detail, we don't know. Interesting enough, DVA's security firm had, a security firm had allegedly declared bankruptcy only two weeks before the Paris robbery, which may explain the shortage of staff on hand. While DVA was right in prioritizing the safety of the two Kardashian women getting hammered in a Paris nightclub, there obviously should have been staff guarding Kim Kardashian back at her hotel. This doesn't really feel like his fault, does it? $6.1 million worth of fault? Good lord. Not just a hapless and tired concierge, this was a world-famous celebrity carrying millions of dollars in property who would also fetch a pretty price for ransom, and who had millions of fans, some of them undoubtedly psycho-stalkers, and she was left alone, unguarded, in a hotel. The Grandpa Bandits A few days after the robbery, two men were on their way to Antwerp in Belgium, the diamond capital of Europe. One of them was Omar Ayat Hidash, age 60, also known as Omar the Elder, and Marceau Bumgartnier, age 64, otherwise known as the Shredded Nose. These thieves were carrying Kim Kardashian's jewelry. In Antwerp, the precious metals were melted down and the many diamonds pried loose for sale on the black market. Kim's highly recognizable $4.5 million 20-carat diamond was likely cut down into smaller pieces. Omar the Elder and Shredded Nose made the sale before they even left the city. It's unclear how much the $10.8 million haul netted them. Estimates range between $400,000 from a rather dubious source to $1 to $3 million. The valuables disappeared into the maze of the underworld, largely untraceable and unlikely to be recovered. Fence diamonds changed hands a dozen times a week in Antwerp, eventually making their way back into the legitimate market. They are then circulated all over the world. Given the fondness of the Kardashian-Jenner clan for diamonds, some of them might even be re-wearing the stolen goods. Alternately, six months to a year after the heist, a Midwestern couple may have purchased a fragment of the Kardashian diamond as part of a more modest engagement ring. Yeah, that's right, they break them up because, like, a big diamond like that is super recognizable. So, while it obviously loses a lot of its value when it's broken down, they, they do it because then it's like uh, less traceable. Or maybe untraceable, I guess. It's, I mean, can you trade? Yeah. Of the five men who stormed the Hotel de Porteos that night, Omar the Elder was giving orders and coordinating their movements. He was a career criminal who had been on the run for police since 2010 when he skipped out on bail during a trial for drug trafficking. Now he's an all-rounder criminal, isn't he? Meanwhile, Shredded Nose's only role was to allegedly facilitate the sale of the jewels, though his lawyer denies even this. The presumed mastermind of the operation was Pierre Bouenet, age 72, alias The Big Guy, another lifelong criminal who had been busted for possession of two 
kilograms of cocaine back in 2006. The plan had been cooked up at short notice once the thieves had seen all of Kim Kardashian's social media posts in the days running up to the robbery. I kind of wonder if the big guy was part of the 31%. Well, he probably was, wasn't he? Because he's not on there for softcore porn. On the evening of the heist itself, Kim Kardashian had said on Snapchat that Courtney and her assistant were headed out that night, confirming to the entire world that she would be spending the night in her suite alone. Kim's social media activity had done everything but roll out the red carpet for them. I mean, although you wouldn't know how many security are going to be there, right? Unless you counted them and saw them all in that nightclub on someone else's social media? Don't know. The rest of the five-man team consisted of Eunice Abbas, a 63-year-old. These guys are all really old. <laughs> who had done 21 years in prison for aggravated theft, drug trafficking, and kidnapping, but had avoided police attention since 2007. Didier Dubroke, age 60, alias Blue Eyes, who had a rap sheet including robbery and drug trafficking for a Saudi prince, and Francois Delaporte, age 54, the youngest of the group, the only one who previously had managed not to get collared for any crime, and who didn't even know who Kim Kardashian was before the robbery. The two men who went up to Kim Kardashian's apartment to carry out the actual theft were Omar the Elder and Blue Eyes, while Eunice Abbas, Francois de la Porte, and the big guy served as lookouts. Abbas is the one who reportedly dropped the $33,000 cross during the escape. Due to the fact that the band of brigands were in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, the press dubbed them the Grandpa Bandits. Yeah, they're really old. <laughs> Guys, you should have made enough money from crime to retire by this point. Like, otherwise, why would you do crime? It has to pay well. It should pay well like this. You should have done this earlier in your careers. Driving the black getaway car was Omar the Elder's son, Harmony. Also implicated in the investigation was Omar's side piece, Christian, age 70, who was friends with the big guy and allegedly served as a go-between, communicating the big guy's plan to Omar during the setting up of the scheme. There was also suspicion that the brother of Kim Kardashian's Paris chauffeur was an inside man who provided information about the job. Indeed, the brother did have some awareness of the crime as another fixture in the Parisian underworld and was a friend of some of the grandpa bandits. But as in turn, <laughs> they're breaking the rules. You shouldn't tell other people about your crimes. Even if there are other underworld figures, just don't. Keep your crimes to yourself. Five men is too many. But after interrogating the chauffeur and his brother, police dismissed the theory that the chauffeur had anything to do with it. The thieves apparently gathered their intelligence entirely from social media. During the police investigation, CCV camera footage was not high enough quality to identify the bandits, some of whom were kitted out in masks and goggles. However, CCTV footage was sufficient to make out the license plate on the black getaway car and trace it to Harmony. Dude, you used your own car with your own plates? as a getaway car? Are you stupid? I remember once when I was at university, a friend of mine had his license plate stolen off his car. And uh, so he phoned the police and was like, someone stole my... Because apparently, I didn't know this, but if your license plates get stolen, then they could be being used in a crime. Like someone takes them off and then puts them on their car so that, you know, your car is the one at a crime scene or whatever. And so he uh, apparently it's good to tell the police if you have your license plate stolen, because it could be for that reason. There you go. The more you know. Although, if you're doing that, why not just print a license plate? I'm sure you can figure it out. Like, I mean, you obviously can't print an official license plate, but you could just make one out of paper, plastic, tape it on there. <laughs> I don't know. It'd look good enough. While the thieves had worn gloves to avoid leaving fingerprints or trace of their DNA during the robbery, unfortunately, Omar the Elder made a mistake. At some point, he handled the zip ties used to bind Kim Kardashian with his bare hands. Whoops-a-dee, whoops-a-daisy, come on, man. You should have thought about that. And his DNA had gotten into the links joining them together. Additionally, Omar left traces of his DNA on two pieces of duct tape used at the scene. I guess Omar was getting a bit too old to keep pace with forensics. Being a fugitive from justice and a known criminal, Omar's DNA was already in the database. Similarly, Eunice Abbas's DNA was found on the zip ties and used that were used to bind the hotel concierge that took the men hostage. Guys, this is sloppy. 
you shouldn't be leaving your DNA. People, you got like DNA. It's like gets everywhere very easily. Take some proper precautions. You're supposed to be like experienced criminals. Furthermore, police were, if you could like, I'm sure you could Google this. This information will be available on Google, like how to not leave DNA behind. It absolutely is on Google. I have a book, um, which is like one of those survival guides. And it's got like all of this crazy stuff in. And one of them is like how to like um, not leave DNA behind. And I'm like, is this a guide for criminals? It's a cool book. It's pretty fun. Furthermore, police were able to trace mobile phone activity between Omar, his son, and the other thugs on the night of the night in question. And you're not using burner phones? That's the most basic that's in every spy movie. (laughs) Or just don't use phones. In December 2016, the thieves met up at the magazine of Trendy Bar in Paris to divide the money. Police found 140,000 euros stashed in the apartment of the bar's manager, Floris Harohi, age 44, who was a known associate and possible mule for the thieves. Similarly, when police raided the apartment of Omar the Elder, a further 70,000 euros in cash was found. Upon their arrest, both Omar the Elder and Eunice Abbas pled no contest to the charges and began cooperating with police. The rest of the crew were arrested and charged a few days later. In total, 16 people were arrested and 12 people were charged with connection to the robbery. In the last five years since the robbery, police have confirmed their investigations to link the affair to other culprits in Paris's underworld uh, and also to ferret out those diamond dealers in Antwerp who handled the stolen goods. Meanwhile, French prosecutors have slowly been putting their case together. Still? In 2017, Omar the Elder sent Kim Kardashian an apology letter in which he states, After observing your emotion and realizing the psychological damage I inflicted, I decided to write to you, not to obtain from you any sort of forgiveness. I want to come to you as a human being to tell you how much I regret my actions, how much I have been moved and touched to see you in tears. Evidently, when Omar burst into that suite, he merely expected Kardashian to just shrug off being bound gagged and having a gun placed next to her head. You'd think a career criminal would have a better idea of how people react to being the victim of a crime. Yes, no one wants to forgive you. Don't be a criminal. But then again, perhaps Omar the Elder's genuine surprise isn't that unthinkable. It would seem, from the grandpa bandits to numerous journalists in the media, that people had forgotten Kim Kardashian was actually a human being. Even takeout media affirmed that Kim Kardashian was not just a celebrity, but human. Yeah, I felt like they did that after they were legally forced to. Like they were making some sort of profound and surprising statement. I suspect that is because Kim Kardashian is the sort of celebrity that large segments of the population love to hate and actually have forgotten as a human being. Again, I'll point you towards the phrase written in the aftermath of the robbery. Whiffs of chemicals boiling in her plastic ass, which was obviously composed to appeal to a wide segment of the public who dislike the word. Perhaps we've been shitting on her for so long that we've become desensitized to the fact that she is a fellow mortal and we've grown inhumanly harsh. We think she's rich, she's famous, she can take it, but there's a limit to how far that goes. And that limit probably falls somewhere around you saying you wish she'd died in the robbery. Yeah, it's unbelievable, guys. People would publish stuff like this and write stuff like this. Crazy. At what point, even for the rich and powerful and arguably contemptible, does empathy intervene? Multiple members of the Grandpa Bandits were released from prison on medical grounds while awaiting trial. Eunice Abbas went on several news shows and spoke to every journalist he could get his hands on, loving the atten- hands on loving the attention. That's why Abbas participated in the robbery. He simply said, I needed the money. Abbas went on to publish a tell-all book garishly titled, I Kidnapped Kim Kardashian, with a nice big picture of Kim's face on it, where he spends a good chunk of it mocking and deriding his victim. Dude, this is... That shouldn't be allowed. That sh- that should be illegal. Kim Kardashian should definitely get some lawyers on that. The Radar Online would be proud, yeah, because they're both. 
Some good news is that French authorities seized the royalties of the book sales. Yes, Yanis Abbas will not see a dime. Yes! The Grandpa Bandits and their associates are due to go to trial sometime in 2022. Oh my god, the legal system is slow. These guys are going to die before they go to prison. They will be tried for armed robbery, kidnapping, and criminal association. While these charges could result in a few decades of jail time for the worst offenders, France tends to place less emphasis on custodial sentences than the United States. They often prefer to apply fines and suspended sentences. Hence another reason why the USA per capita prison rate is much higher than countries in Europe. Yeah, but these guys need to do some time. I don't think they should go to jail for decades, but they should spend some time in prison. These are really violent crimes. Due to the age and physical health of many of the perpetrators, it's possible their sentences will be quite light and take into account time served. Okay, so I guess they've been in custody. Although they said some of them were released on medical grounds. Okay. The sentences may also be mitigated for those who cooperated with the police, as many of the old codgers eventually did once they realized the jig was up. Kim Kardashian has said that she had ex- has extreme anxiety about participating in the trial. And if sentencing comes down with too light a penalty, it's possible that the American public, who are used to hearing about much longer custodial sentences for such crimes, will be scandalized. Which is fine, that's okay. Other countries, like, while I think they should go to prison for longer... And I'm often like pretty happy to criticize like how countries do things like the US. I think prison sentences are often crazy long and unfair. Um, but countries are entitled to do things as they see fit. I think the problem is where corruption comes into it. And the plenty of countries have corruption problems. But there's also particular problems with uh, the uh, private prisons in the US. I was reading about that. And it's just like how there's this direct incentive for companies to want people in jail and then how they can lobby for people going to jail more and i'm like that is some that is pretty f-ed up that shouldn't be okay as for kim kardashian she has reported experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder and agor- agoraphobia ag- agoraphobia this includes recurrent flashbacks nightmares and waking memories of the event no doubt exacerbated by journalists asking her about it she is easily startled and scared has experienced trouble sleeping and has recurrent anxiety about seeing people or traveling places which must be fabulous for someone whose business depends depends on such things and has and she's had fit periodic phases of gloom where she interprets her life and the world in the most negative manner possible reportedly these symptoms were subsiding in the years following the robbery but were heightened again during the mental stress of lockdown that many of us experienced kardashian also has significantly changed her routine quote no expensive items ever come into my home i have it all taken by security before i even enter a place i can't sleep if i have jewelry in my safe or money or anything in my house i just don't live my life like that anymore as far as jewelry if i'm wearing something it's borrowed or it's fake additionally kardashian has changed her social media habits now she is out now when she is out somewhere she'll take a picture and only post it hours after she's departed the venue potentially endangering potentially endangering information is also withheld finally in the years following the 2016 robbery kim's publicity stunts and appearances have grown steadily less gaudy and obnoxious at least by kardashian standards and what was between 2007 and 2016. conversely her more serious charity and humanitarian work has grown more frequent and effective since the trauma of the event it's possible that it's had a sobering effect on her and so the spoiled rich girl who got famous by leaking a sex date may actually she didn't leak the sex date the sex date was leaked and then she sued them but allowed it to go out anyway was that her or was that paris hilton or whatever doesn't matter uh and so the spoiled rich girl who got famous blah 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 blah, and may have started using her evil social media powers to do a bit of good excellent yeah i I admire her i congratulate her on all that i think it's fantastic 
Good for you. I must say, as contemptuous as I was of Kim Kardashian when I started researching this episode, I do find myself feeling a great deal of empathy for her, of sympathy for her. What feels like such what feels like a weird thing to say about someone who earns more money in a year for doing something trivial and decadent than I will my entire lifetime. Indeed, and I may vomit involuntarily while writing the sentence, I even find myself admiring her a little. Nope, didn't vomit. That must mean she's okay in my book. Yeah, I mean it's completely natural. I feel like I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian. I think a lot of the, that stuff's kind of super vapid and all of this and the celebrity culture is just generally vapid in general. But it's like, of course I feel sympathy for someone who's been robbed at gunpoint. It would be kind of psycho not to. Dismembered Appendices the Paris incident was not the last time the Kardashians were impacted by crime. In December 2021, Angela Kukowski, the Kardashians' business manager, was murdered and transported by vehicle to the Simi Valley, where her body was found. A suspect has been transported, has been arrested and charged with premeditated murder on one count of torture. Holy sh! What the hell? That's super recent. Number two, evidently the member of the Grandpa Bandits, nicknamed the Big Guy, had his eye on Kim Kardashian for a while. Kanye and Kim were frequent visitors to Paris, where they often stayed in the same hotel. According to one testimony, the Big Guy originally planned to rob them the previous June, but the plan had to be called off. Number three, please folks, for your own safety, spend an hour reverse stalking yourself online. Private your Instagram if you can, scrub your publicly available visible Facebook stuff, check to make sure that a missable website is not posting your address without your consent, and download a networking app to ensure your private email and mobile phone number is nowhere to be found. And generally, be careful uh, when vying for attention on the internet. Otherwise, I may hunt you down, drag you into Simon's basement, and force you to watch every episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. You've been warned yeah just be sensible about what you post online i think is the uh it's pretty good advice there this has been an episode of casual criminalist definitely an easier one today i mean as rough as it is to be robbed at gunpoint it's not as bad as some of the stuff we've covered i like these easier or less mentally intense ones uh, i do hope you enjoyed it if you did please do uh, like below subscribe if you're listening as a podcast please do leave a review it really makes a difference spotify now have ratings i don't think they're doing quite reviews yet but you can give it a rating and that would be grand and i'll see you next time thanks for listening or watching <laughs>